Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Rod Maloney here from WDIV Channel 4 News in Detroit. Welcome to AutoLine Daily for Tuesday, the 31st of August 2010, the last day of the month. Across town and around the world, here's the latest news from the automotive beat. Chrysler revealed more details about its dealers and its plans to bring Fiat to the U.S. According to the Detroit News, the company's going to choose 165 locations to sell the Fiat 500 at the end of the year. Dealers have three weeks to submit a proposal for a franchise. They also learned that they won't have to build separate facilities to sell the 500, but eventually they're going to need separate showrooms for Fiat. Pricing for the 500 won't be announced until the LA Auto Show in November, but the Detroit Free Press reports that a dealer says the car is going to be priced between $16,000 and $19,000. Also, the AFP reports that the company expects to sell 50,000 500s next year. It's ambitious and certainly we'll see. Now, according to a report from Deutsche Welle that we found in Autoblog, Opel has big plans to grow around the world. The German brand looking to expand into at least four new global markets. In the near term, it will enter South America and Australia, as well as other Asian markets after that. Company says it wants to grow in China, reinventing itself as a premium brand with European design, a strategy not unlike Audi. Last year, Opel sold some 4,000 cars compared to Audi's 130,000, so there's a lot of room for sales to improve in China. The U.S. EPA and NHTSA are aiming to make it easier for consumers to compare fuel economy ratings between different vehicles. The two government agencies are collaborating to design a new type of window sticker that clearly shows things like fuel economy and fuel costs as well as emissions. So far, they revealed two different designs and are looking for public input. Part of the idea is to introduce a letter grading system to the auto industry, something that students are already very familiar with. For example, depending on how efficient a vehicle is, uh, a pure electric car would get an A+, a plug-in hybrid an A, a flex fuel vehicle a B, and so on down the line. New EPA labels could go into effect in 2012. They have some public hearings to do before then. While a number of automakers are gearing up to release electric vehicles over the next few years, one automaker is heading in another direction. According to Wards, Mazda is bucking the EV trend, at least for the time being, and is now getting ready to release new, more fuel-efficient internal combustion engines. The company is going to have a new family of direct injection four-cylinder gas engines and a new diesel that was developed to sell around the globe. In fact, Mazda expects 75% of these engines are going to be equipped in its vehicles over the next five years. The Engines will be built in Japan and all of them, including the diesel, can be produced on the same assembly line. The first gas variant will make its way to the U.S. next year and the diesel will debut in North America in 2013. And speaking of engines, demand for four cylinders in North America is starting to slide. According to Wards, about 62% of 2010 models are equipped with four-cylinder engines compared with 65% last year. Also, more V8s are being installed in cars this year, about 6% compared with 5% in 2009. While car buyers are upgrading their engines, truck buyers are actually downsizing. V8s are being equipped in about 37% of trucks this year compared with about 40% last year. 
The Detroit three aren't the only automakers benefiting from Toyota's problems. According to USA Today, Nissan's been gaining ground in America with 10 straight months of sales increases. Not surprisingly, Hyundai is also making headway. Among Asian automakers in the U.S., Toyota still holds on to the top spot and Honda is a strong second, but Nissan and Hyundai's growth trajectories put them on a path to overtake Honda at some point. If one thing is clear, the old hierarchy of brands is indeed changing. Coming up after the break, a look at the brand new Saab 95 from a designer's perspective. Introducing Bridgestone's third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. Dutch businessman Victor Mueller pulled Saab back from the brink of death after years of neglect at the hands of GM, and now the company has to start the long, arduous process of rebuilding its product lineup. One vehicle that's well past its prime is the brand's midsize sedan, the 9.5. Thankfully, it's one of the first cars to receive a ground-up redesign, and here's a look at its design. So here we are looking at the new 2011 Saab 9.5. I'm Jason Castriota, design director of Saab, and I'm going to take you through a quick tour around the vehicle just to discuss the design point. So as many know, Saabs are, we like to say, born from jets, aesthetically speaking. You know, we really want to tap into the aerospace history of the company. So what you're going to notice right away when you see the 9.5 is this very aeronautical, almost proud, bold nose cone front end and the visor windscreen. And then of course the characteristic Saab front graphic which is based on the swept back lights which are much like the wings of the airplane and these nostrils flanking the main grille which again give a sense of those twin jet engines on a jet fighter. Walking around to the side of the car you can see the simplicity, the clean line and the length of the car. This is the biggest car Saab has ever made. This is almost uh, five meters long and what you have is a true premium luxury sedan to compete against the likes of the Audi A6, BMW 5 Series, and Mercedes E-Class. The most, one of the more distinctive parts of the car, uh, arriving from this visor windscreen, which again is, is coming directly from a jet fighter pilot, is of course the very unique C-pillar, which we're drawing attention to with this uh, aluminum trim, and then furthermore into the sweep of the C-pillar itself. And this gives the car a very long, agile tail, much like the fuselage of a jet airplane. Going to the rear of the car, you note the new rear Saab light cluster, and this is going to be a characteristic you're going to see on future Saabs, which is this horizontal running LED lamp using the latest technology, uh, which is going to sign the width of the car and give the car a good stance and a very strong personality on the street so that you instantly recognize it at night as it's driving away from you. Strong design cues and a sense of identity will probably go a long way to help Saab recover. We'll have to wait to see if the new 9.5 can do its part to help revive this struggling brand. And that's it for AutoLine Daily this month. Again, I'm Rod Maloney, business editor at WDIV Channel 4 News in Detroit. Thank you for watching, and John should be back tomorrow.